0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Of 68 After Dark on this Sunday night, December the 4th, four weeks into the college basketball season, Jeffrey Goodman is in proper attire. To be with John Henson on After Dark, and that's exactly where we're going to begin. Jeff, what went into this shirt choice tonight for Mister Henson and me?
2: Well, I would like to say that this is what I w- what I would have worn regardless. Uh, I'm with John Henson, uh, former Carolina great, uh, <laughs> but that that is not the case. I am wearing this uh, because the Tar Heels have lost four straight, and um, I don't know if it's time to bury. North Carolina. I know last year, if we had done that, uh, which a lot of us did, they they came uh, up from the grave and and actually buried Coach K twice uh, to end you know his career at Cameron, and then to end it again in earnest. Uh, but John, I don't I don't know what we do
3: now. Like, well, like this is I'm getting my, my Tar Heel Bible. Right, <laughs> we're over here with the Tar Heel bobblehead, and, and we're listen. We can rise again. I know lightning does not strike twice, but you know what? Not in the same
2: spot it does. Not the
3: same spot. So um, we got to figure it out. Uh, obviously, the Tar Heels are struggling. Lost four in a row after being preseason number one. Banged up. Um, didn't realize how little depth we actually had. When Bayco Bay Coat goes out, it's kind of like, whoa, right? We didn't have the size. We didn't have, you know, it was uh, it's a rough day for us at the office.
1: Hmm. And that's where we begin tonight. Virginia Tech beats North Carolina. Now, it does bear noting Mike Young's team is 8-1 and on the year. The Hokies look like a good team. They look like a tournament-caliber team. Win eight of their first nine games. Justin Mutz goes off for 27 points. Here is the deal, though, and I'm curious to get both of your reactions to this. North Carolina against Indiana, little to no resistance. North Carolina against Virginia Tech, albeit on the road as well. No resistance. No sort of firmness. No sort of defense. No sort of, we were preseason number one, and now we're going to show it.
3: I'm going to tackle this first. So Virginia Tech beat us twice last year, and they beat us in the the ACC tournament. So I thought, I think, I don't care if Carolina was undefeated. This was going to be a tough game. Blacksburg was one of the tough, I mean, I'll never forget my games there. It's one of the toughest environments to play in. Why, John? Um, so why, why is it so it's, tough? It's just it's the, the way the crowd is. I don't know if you, the game – the game was crazy. I mean, the crowd was into it from the jump. Um, it's almost like they're on top of you. It's it's a it's, If that crowd gets going, if you don't shut them down fast, it's going to get tough. So, I think Carolina would have had a rough day at the office no matter what. They happen to be lost three in a row. So, now we're, you know, sitting here, you know, four, four down.
2: I'm just worried. Again, because I think they think they can maybe flip the switch here. And that that worries me because I think they caught lightning in a bottle last year for a month. And you saw four months of of kind of mediocrity or or ups and downs, really peaks and, and valleys. I mean, they were getting blown out last year a lot. They haven't been blown out this year. That's a good sign. I just wonder if, again, they caught lightning in a bottle. They were so good for three or four weeks last year. And now they've come back down. Not completely to what they were, but but certainly, again, there's no shame in losing in Blacksburg against a really good Virginia Tech team uh, without Armando Bacot. There's no shame in that one. If it were unto itself, but it is not. It is coming on the heels of an awful performance in Portland and then kind of a lackluster performance in, in Bloomington, Indiana against an Indiana team that just lost at Rutgers. So I, I don't, I don't know. I just I kind of worry about them. And for me, it it starts with their energy. Like, that's what I need to see. I need to see them when they were really good last year. What were they doing? They looked like they had fun together. They were laughing, joking, jumping around like little kids. We haven't seen that Carolina again this year.
1: And Jeff, to that point, they still have some non-conference opportunities with Ohio State. With Michigan, but how much does where the ACC sit impact them overall? And, and let's talk about it here. I mean, we're four weeks into the season, but let's face it; it's it's December, and once you get into all conference play, you're into conference play. North Carolina, NCAA tournament thoughts. I, Don't you I
2: will do it. say this. Don't you do it, Jeff. I'm going to say it. it. I'm going to say it. If the season ended today, which it does not. North Carolina should not be in the NCAA tournament, period, period. Like, who have they beaten? They've beaten Charleston. They've beaten James (laughs) Madison. They won at Portland. They have lost to anybody that that has a chance to be a tournament team. They would not be deserving today. As kind of last March 4th, you could have made a case that they were first four teams on March 4th. Right now, there's no way in hell – they deserve to be an NCAA tournament team today.
3: You're right. Um, uh, preseason number one is going to also work against them as well, right? We yeah. thought they were going to be a good team. So now it's a little – it's flipped, right? Last year we were like, oh, my God, they're playing so well. Now it's kind of like even if they do go beat a mission team, Ohio State, and they go into Cameron and they run through this ACC schedule and, and play well, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. So right. this – you know, it's crunch time. Um you know, we used to have this thing called a gut check. This this is a gut check moment for this team. Um, I'm sure he has carried on that tradition of the gut check moment. And uh, you know, not going to get into the Carolina secrets, but you know, it's time for a gut check. And, and, <laughs> and usually, when there is a gut check, we play a lot better. I hope Bayco gets better as well. Um, and those guys off the bench, you guys are Carolina. You guys are Carolina recruits. We don't play them though. Kids.
2: You got to play them, John. Like play.
3: they didn't play.
2: Hubert told me in the preseason, the one thing he said was, I think it might have cost us last year because our guys were tired. They were banged up. I'm going to start playing the bench. Well, he really didn't until tonight. And to me, Seth Trimble's talented. He could play. Now, Jalen Washington, their other big recruit, has been hurt. He hasn't played yet this year. But to me, they got enough, you know, that, that they could, you know, Tyler Nickel played today. He had eight points in 25 minutes. Well, to me, true. they should have been playing all along. And if they had, they might have been a little bit uh, more prepared for a game like this in Blacksburg.
1: I'm sorry. We, we're supposed to react live on this show. It's Field of 68 after dark. We will get back to North Carolina in just a moment. But we have got to react instantly to the Northwestern Wildcats. They are about to beat. It's about to be official. They're about to beat really? the Michigan State Spartans in East Lansing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What
1: the hell has happened to the Spartans?
2: Well, they they're decimated with with injuries that they can't handle. They were already thin. And now you take away two of their, their best players, right? You take away two of their most talented guys, and they're not the same team. And oh, by the way, uh Mati Sissoko, who, who we thought was Hakeem Elijah on the first couple games, has returned to being Mati Sissoko. And and he he's he's fine, he's a good solid player. But like this is not a great Michigan State team to begin with. And you take away Jaden Akins, um, who, who again like has played a little bit, but he, he's been hurt throughout the year. Uh, and now you're without Malik Hall, who's their veteran. They're in, you know, they're in a little bit of trouble right now. They are.
1: Jeff, can I ask you a quick follow up here yeah. because I, I do want to talk about the other side. It's pretty well documented that Chris Collins has pressure to to do some winning here this year at Northwestern. So they're about to go to six and two on the season. Any thought process with the Wildcats here? They're about to beat Michigan state and Collins this particular year.
2: I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a win. Uh, certainly for Chris Collins, he'll, he'll take all the wins he can get right now and and he'll try to save his job. I think he needs probably, you know, an NIT appearance, something of that nature to be able to get another year. That would be my guess. He's got a new AD, um, you know the guy who hired him is now the ACC commissioner Jim Phillips. So anytime you have a new AD, that that's not a good sign for you. Uh, but again, this isn't. You're not beating to me Michigan State. You're not beating them whole. Jaden Akins, what you know, he played 23 minutes tonight, but he had three points. He was ineffective. Malik Hall still out. Um, and again, it goes back to to me how Tom Izzo never went to the portal. How. How he brought the same team back—not even the same team, because he lost a couple guys—but pretty much the same team back when everybody else went to the portal. Tom Izzo did not, and I think it's—it's going to end up, and I think it already is biting them in the ass because they're not deep enough. Even if he had gotten another mid-major guy or two, just to give him some quality depth for times like this, when you don't, you're, you're down men.
3: Hmm. Crazy the days we were saying like, hey. You know, Michigan State should have went to the point. It's just, it's wild, but no, they're right. They're, they're injured. There's no depth. Um, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, Northwestern, Coach Collins is fighting for his, you know, life essentially in the sense of college basketball, and yeah. this is a big win for him. Um and the Big Ten, it, it's the Big Ten just keeps. It's it's a tricky league, man. It's it's a tricky league.
2: Not a lot of separation, especially right now. Like we thought, Michigan State at its at its peak. Michigan State was really good earlier this season. Obviously, we saw him, You know, uh, you know, hang with with Gonzaga on on the ship. They should have had that game, right, John?
3: Yeah, no, they they, they should have and, and and you know, Gonzaga, I love how they've been playing the heavy hitters. But um, you know that that they should have had that game Um, and and they've been playing really well uh, as of late and and injuries is is just part of the game. And it seems like there's been a lot more injuries this year than, you know, more so than not. So I don't know what trend that is. I got an idea.
2: I got an idea as it pertains to the young guys, not necessarily the veterans, Mm -hmm. but the young guys, they all have agents because of NIL now, John, legally, Mm -hmm. they have, they have these, they're not your typical agents. They're not the, necessarily the Bill Duffy's and the Jeff Schwartz's of the world, but they're NIL agents. And I think a lot of these guys are still in their ear where normally you would be listening to one guy, and that was Roy Williams, whether you were hurt as a freshman, right, coming in. And now you're listening to maybe an NIL agent who's saying, hey, John, you know what? If you're not 100%, you do not want to go out there and hurt your draft stock.
3: Right. Yeah, um, that's just another aspect because, I, I mean, when I was in college, we didn't really talk to agents. Um, right. Like you said, it was just a coach. It was the team. And and that's that. That's probably a good point, man. There's there's people in Hey, look, if you're not feeling good, sit back. Hey, look, not only are you going to affect your draft stock, we're trying to get, you know, Popeye's chicken, got a Popeye's chicken deal on the table. I need you to play well, right? So, right. And
2: if you go for four points tonight and go two for 12, Popeye's might not, they might, they might pull that
3: thing. Right, right. And if Popeye's not, want you to post it then you lose five grand, right? So right. It's, it's a big fucking <laughs> So like even with, with Armando, right? Like, hey, you know, I think, I think Armando could have played through that injury, but due to everything going on with him kind of down bad, him not playing well, you know who, who's to say his agent is Asian and say, Hey, look, man, what are you doing? Sit this one out, you know yep. what I mean? So, it's
1: definitely interesting. Wait, Henson, yeah, what, what would two time ACC defensive player of the year, all ACC first team selection, John Henson, what would he have been doing with name, image, and likeness dollars opportunities? You know, Where would you have been he- signing with?
3: Listen, man, me, Big Z, Harrison. I talked to Kendall Marshall today because I was I was diving deep into these UNC stats. But, um, man, it would have been a good time in the Hill. We were number we were number one throughout the year for a couple. You know, for the last year and a half of my career there, you know, I would have been probably in some type of security company. You know, like how Leaky Blacks with the plumbing company, and, and you know, Harrison with his, his his Black Falcon. Who knows where he would have been? And, and you know, like the guys might have signed deals. It was just a. I always wondered, man. Or even let's talk about Tyler Hansbro.
2: Oh, oh my God!
3: I mean, he would have been pushing seven figures, yes. easy, right? So, I mean, been on commercials. Hey, we like, should have got Tyler
2: on. We should have got Tyler on tonight. You guys could have commiserated together on Carolina. Right. He would have jumped on.
3: Hey, she hands. Hey, she hands will keep it real too, man. That's my I know guy. we
2: will. I know we will. We had him on our show last year in in uh, down in the final four in New Orleans and. What, what was his big fan of? What was his big thing that he hates the Beatles, right? Beatles?
1: Yeah. yeah, He hates the Beatles. Hates the Beatles. Thinks they stink. Which is horrible take.
2: I'm like, it's the worst take ever, Tyler. What are you I doing?
3: Have, I have Muhammad Ali and Beatles art in my house. He would not like my living room.
1: Unbelievable. So let's get back on this here. How does North Carolina fix this?
2: They can um, Go ahead. Go ahead, Hanson. You know better than me. You
1: know, I, I
3: literally, so what I did today when we, you know, talked earlier, I, I, looked, I dived into these stats. I mean, I looked from 2010 when I was there till, till now. Um, one thing that's a glaring, glaring, glaring discrepancy is the assist. Yes. You're only averaging 11 assists per game, and that is now that's probably going to go down because teams are still inflated right now with the competition. So 11 assists right now is really 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 bad um, in Carolina's best years they were they were they were 17 18 yeah. Their, the, the pace was a lot higher so there's a lot of stats that aren't really adding up and, and it, it, it comes down to the efficiency uh, they were actually the guards were pretty efficient today but they got nothing else from anybody else right and, and, right. and guards, three guys yeah three guys and, and that was it so I, I would like to say if we can just start somewhere, guys, let's, there's a lot to fix, but hey, let's share the ball. Let's get the ball moving. Let's get the ball popping. Like Iowa State had their thing popping today. They're going to be – they're going to make some noise. I, I, I like how they play.
2: Well, he, here's the biggest thing, John. Yeah. So, Carolina, what are they known for? They Under Roy, and it's changed a little bit with Hubert now, but under Roy it was his bigs, right? He was going to get his bigs. The ball he's going to play two bigs at once. Hell or high water, he was going to play his two bigs no matter what it wants. He's
3: and the championship, two bags—that is, that is his. He's, he that was his deal.
2: Bigs. Yes, Hubert has changed that a little bit, right? He, he's he understands the way the game has gone. He's adapted. However, yeah. the one thing that that still Hubert wants to do is go, go, go. He wants to run and and, and get points um, in transition. Well, today. Uh, I believe they had 12 fast-break points. You know how many they had against Indiana? Five. 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 That's a joke. And the secondary break is as good for Carolina as anybody's over the years. And, again, they're just getting nothing easy right now. And their half-court offense has sucked, too, because, like, when I was there in Portland, Henson, I was appalled by how bad their execution was down the stretch. Like, I'm watching that Alabama game, and I'm like, what? Are, they're not running anything. They're not. It's AU ball, 101, and, like, a couple times they ran, not plays at the end of each overtime, but they ran a couple, at least ball screens for RJ, and even if he misses them, he's taken open 15-footers. I can live with that. What I can't live with is Caleb Love, step back, low percentage threes. For what?
3: So, you know, I, 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 I kind of funny, I, I always, they run a pro style offense, but keyword pro, right? When you have, when you try to run a pro style <laughs> offense, you need to have pros. I mean, it's just, it's just, just be honest. Yeah. Right. And, and those guys have a lot of freedom, but they're not making the best decisions with that freedom. RJ is a, is a lot better with making a good decision Yes, with that freedom, but Caleb has taken on the role of being the guy and, Someone's gonna have to sacrifice to get this team into stuff. You've mm. you, you got you got Armando laboring back and forth. You got to get him touches. He's gonna yeah. be more energetic. He's gonna rewind more, he's gonna play harder. That's
1: how it's been with every big, not just him, with me and down on you know down the line. There's the word energetic. Yeah. North Carolina lacks that energy right now. And I get the sense what you said, Jeff. In the back of their minds, they're thinking, ah, benefit of the doubt. We're going to figure this out. We did last year. That was last year. This is this year. You don't have Brady and There's two things that stand out this week. Number one, you gave up 77 points to Indiana. They went three for 13 from three. If a team's going three for 13 from three, they shouldn't be getting easy looks. They are not defending. North Carolina is not. The reason why North Carolina is not getting fast break points, boys, is because they're soft. You just got out rebounded. You just got out rebounded today by Virginia Tech, thirty-nine to twenty-five. Hey,
3: you ever clicked this up? I'm sending it in. No, <laughs> you don't. You don't know the background
2: on this, Henson.
3: Right, though, like you know, like that, and, and there's a lot of issues from from the guard play to the bigs. And you're right, I, the, the fast break, it's all relative. You play better defense, you get more fast breaks, you get more targets, nice. you get more points. Yeah, so that's, and then I think that's what's missing. Um, and like I said, I think they need to start, share the ball. I think that's the first thing to solve a lot of issues. Let's share the rock. Um, even with in terms of Leaky Black, right? Um, I feel like he's a lot, he's, there's a lot more pressure on him offensively than, than he needs to have. I mean, he shoots a lot, of, he's shooting a lot of tough shots. Um don't know if that's the NIL agent, Jeff, but you know, we, we got to figure that one out. But you know, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of problems. Um, I think you start with like defense. I think if we go defense first, right? And let's share the ball. And we can live with the results after that. You know, which is crazy
2: to me that they, they don't understand that concept because it worked when they started doing it last year. So they've seen I almost compare the Carolina a little bit to the Boston Celtics, okay, in a way, because the Celtics, a year ago today, were a shitty team. They were a 500 team. They were 500, just like Carolina was. And then the Celtics figured it out. Eme jumped them uh, at that point, h- held them accountable. They learned how to play together, how to share the ball, and they won. And what did they do? They picked up where they left off last year. People would say, well, they didn't win at all. But they still got within a game of basically winning the whole thing last year. They picked up with a different coach. They picked up where they left off because they understood how to how to sacrifice, how to play together. Obviously, they brought in good Malcolm Brogdon help, whatever. Carolina, you learned that last year. How can you not pick up and play a similar way with passion, with intensity, with toughness? I get you don't have Brady Manic. I understand. He's a huge, huge part of that. And Pete Nance isn't nearly as tough as Brady Manic. Or the shooter Brady Manick was um, from the perimeter.
3: But the other guys, you could still play the same way, can't you? Yes. And, and I, would, I would even challenge you to say Pete Nance has probably been their most consistent guy, you know, as far as just in and night in, night out, at least knowing what we're going to get from him. Um, and then also, you know, we 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 don't think about time, man. Rory has when Rory was there, he, sometimes when he struggled, he made lineup changes, right? He 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 sat guys down. So you know is he that had more, more
2: equity, John. He had more equity than than that's the right. thing is Hubert right Hubert's still trying to figure it out, right? Like everybody's like, Well, build the statue of Hubert, and he did. Listen, yeah. he did the two things that probably merit a statue. He he again the K the K wins right, and right. get into the championship game, all that. But he's still young in his head coaching career. He's trying to figure this out. He's not Roy. He is the most positive human being that I've been around, which is an unbelievable trait that I wish I had more of that. But I also feel like – and maybe there's got to be times behind closed doors that he's jumping these guys. He may not be MFing them, but he's jumping them.
3: Let me tell you something. When we used to lose and we lost our games in North Carolina when I was there, we used to be like, all right, boys, it's eight o'clock. Let's get in bed. Tomorrow's oh. gonna be a long day, you know. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully, hopefully, there's that type of energy there, man, because it's still time. It's still time. They got to pick it up, but it's 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 crunch time. I mean, it's it's panic at the disco right now, and we got to kind of they they like you said, it's got to be a gut check. They got to figure it out. They they it's I'm I'm worried, but you know what? I was worried last year too. So. They we just have...
1: asked we asked you on youtube is unc still a final fourth threat which by the way on our youtube feed tonight feel free to comment in with any questions it is a sunday night jeff goodman has a fresh top 25 we're resetting things in the sport ahead
2: shirt. i got a fresh shirt for the occasion i'm ready yeah well
1: <laughs> well the team on that fresh shirt be, well, is the team on your fresh shirt in your top 25
2: they they were they were long gone before today <laughs> They were long gone. I couldn't put it with a straight face. I could know. <laughs> I couldn't put him in there.
1: All right. Uh, feel free to send us a question. We asked you if you think North Carolina is still a final four threat. 70% of you said absolutely not. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's transition here to another blue blood. Yeah. In London today, Kentucky meeting Michigan. I think we would all agree to a degree, and check me if I'm wrong on this, that today for Kentucky was a gotta have a game. They needed to find a way to win this game. They did 73 69, five scores and double figures for the Wildcats. Oscar Sheebway with 13 and 14. And Casey Wallace continues to look like one of the best love players him. in the country. Why do you love him, Jeff Goodman?
2: He's the only player. Two summers ago at the Peach Jam, it was, it was pandemic champ Then, and uh, you know, it was like a. You went in. By the time I got to the P. T. M., they did like two weeks straight. By the time I got there, a week in, there were already like thirty players that were knocked out and and had, had gotten COVID and were uh, quarantining. So, you know, you didn't have the access to the kids, whatever. Usually, i go up to, even though I don't, I don't go up to kids like I used to when when Henson was playing back then. I was a lot younger and could actually connect with some of these high school kids. I'm too damn old to do that now. The only player I went up to at the Peach Jam was Casey Wallace. And you know what I told them? You are the toughest mf here. I love the way you play. You play hard as shit. You bring it on the defensive end. And that's what you want to see. Like, in high school, Henson knows it. Like, how many dudes play, play defense in AAU ball? Very few. You did because it was your calling card. But most guys aren't doing that. Kaysen Wallace was doing that. And now I'm seeing what he can do shooting the ball. I'm seeing what he can do running the offense. I I would make a case that he is the best overall freshman in the country so far, all around. Uh,
3: I I would have to agree to to today. I mean, he hit some some big boy shots today. Defensively, he sat down and and guarded guys and – you know, that's what everyone loves, man. Everyone loves two-way players. And he is the two-way player as a freshman that you would want on your team. And I would even just say that Kentucky is kind of like taking on that kind of what he is and what he brings of defensively. He 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 picks up the level of energy and and I, I love watching him play. I was I was it was it was a fun game today. I actually really like Michigan. I feel like they're right on the brink of, of kind of breaking through.
1: Why do you think but, that?
4: Uh,
3: just the, the games that I've watched they play, man, they're, they're right there. Um, a couple of bad decisions. Uh, you know, You know, with Hunter Dickinson, I, I love how he's playing. They're, they're kind of feeding the ball to him and, and letting him play a little bit, which is, you know, kind of something that I wish Carolina would do at Armando, but I'm not going to see them again. But, you know, just he, they're, they're, they're right there, man. They're just right there. And I, I love that team as well. Uh, Jet Howard, he's, he's, he's going to be one of the best young players, if not already in the country. Uh, they're, they're, a, they're a team to keep an eye on too, man.
2: They just need better guard play. That's the biggest thing for them is a point guard play. Uh, And, and, you know, to me, Jed Howard, Hunter has gotten so much better passing the ball to the post. That was the most impressive thing I I thought about him today was he trusted his teammates, right? Like a lot of last year, even he didn't completely trust those young guys. And he's got a completely new team this year, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the young Caleb Houston left last year. Diabate left last year after after one year. And he's got a new group. And he's really trusting a lot of those. Some of them have gone from freshmen and sophomores, but uh, they need help beyond Hunter and Jed Howard.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh they definitely need help, they consistency. Um, and if they can get that, man, like I said, I feel like they're right there, man. Like just right there. And 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 they're they're always in games, they're not getting beat up. Um Kentucky just played really well today over there, you know, in London, which is kind of cool, man. Well, you know, and- London next college. Wow. Time you would have liked that, right? I would have loved, loved it, man.
2: Would you have broken curfew before? Did you ever? Wait, wait. Here's one. Did you ever break curfew, John Henson?
3: You know what? I never broke curfew. Um, but you know why? We never had a curfew. Um, you didn't? You know, never had a curfew. It was, it was, wow. it was. And I think that was something that actually helped me at the next level. You know, they didn't put tape on our doors. Yeah. Coach Williams didn't never said, "Don't like, hey, look." Because he was playing hey, because he yeah. was playing
2: cards. That's why he was, cards. he was out. He was out,
3: right? He was out rolling the dice or playing blackjack. But you know, I, I you know, it's <laughs> listen. I, I'm a, I, it's a candid story. Coach Williams, he, you know, he said, "Look, man, I'm not going to tell you guys when to go to bed, or you can't do this, can't do that. If you come here to play the next day, and you play hard, play smart, play to win, play as a team." Hey, look, have a blast. So, like, I think but that—that that is something that literally, I think, helped me at the next level. It wasn't like when I got to the NBA, it was like, oh, all of a sudden I have this freedom. Like, nah, I've been at this freedom. Let's lock in tonight. Let's play. I can go get dinner or I cannot get dinner. We, you know, so I, I think there's something to that, uh, you know, kind of having a little freedom. Because I know some things I knew I had tape on the door. I don't, you know, I'm not in no schools, but it's
1: tough. Didn't that make you – didn't that just confirm, reaffirm – that you were a Tar Heel playing for Roy and that you weren't playing for K? Yeah, for sure.
3: I mean, I, I listen, I know that Dukies for sure. I mean, the Duke's probably had self-checkers. You know, they probably had shifts at each other's door, right? You probably had, you know, Jabari Parker from 10 to 12, and then he goes to <laughs> sleep, you know what I'm saying, and then somebody else comes back out. So, and, You know, really think
2: uh, Austin Rivers didn't break curfew? Are you yeah, I don't, I don't think Austin <laughs> I, I know was, Austin. He found uh, a way.
3: You found a way? Uh, all right. Well, I don't know, man. I'm pretty You know, they, Duke probably has somebody at the end of the hall, motion yeah. detectors. Who knows, man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> here's the, so here's the follow up on Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Are you guys in the pool? Which pool are you in here? Eh, they're good. They're not great. Um, and that's what they'll be. Or that was encouraging. I still think they can be great. And they still could be a team that makes a deep March run. Where you fall?
2: Deep March run, deep March run for me. I I think they have the pieces now. Again, C.J. Frederick hasn't shot the ball well yet, right? But they've got. Listen, if you put it together for me and say you've got two good point guards, Casey Wallace to me should be the guy who's getting in. Severe Wheeler made some big plays today, but he has limitations shooting the ball. Kason Wallace is a pro, now a proven shooter, which I didn't think I'd say early on. But, but I think some guys get after a good start as freshmen and then come down to earth shooting the ball. When you watch him shoot, his mechanics are really good. I think he can keep it up at, at a decent level, not a 44% three-point level, but at a shoot 35 to 38 the rest of the year, that would be a hell of a season shooting the ball. So Kason Wallace can be an elite two-way point guard. Then you've got two shooters, Reeves and Frederick. Yeah. One of them's got to shoot it well each night. Okay, they don't both have to. One of them's got to really make shots and Wallace can make shots. And then you got three other dudes that probably aren't really floor spacers, but you got Oscar. uh, You got Toppin and and you got, you know, other other guys that you can kind of fill in around there. Right. They're not overly deep, but they got Damian Collins. They got uh, the freshman, uh, Chris. I want to say Singleton, but it's not Livingston Livingston. Why do I want to say Singleton? that's the Florida State kid, I think, from years ago, yeah. um, or maybe that's the, a baseball player
1: and the baseball guy, baseball yeah. guy too. No, wait uh, a minute, hold on, I have to clarify something because you said, "I, I love playing devil's advocate." I'm yeah,
4: sure.
1: you said that Carol, or you said that Kentucky has all the pieces. I
2: do think they do.
1: Okay, so Most that would us. that would indicate to me and a lot of YouTube commenters that the one piece that that is the pendulum piece is the coaching.
2: Yeah, I don't think Cal's the greatest X's and O's guy. I don't. And and I've said this over and over. With equal talent, can John Calipari win a title? I'm not sure I'm saying they're going to win a title here. But I don't think they're going to get knocked out in the first weekend uh, this year. I I think they've got a a team that fits better. They know how to, like last year, they didn't know how to use Ty Ty Washington. That was a problem to me. They, They couldn't figure out the Ty Ty severe Wheeler thing. And I felt like Ty-Ty needed the ball in his hands more, needed to be able to make plays. It's hard to do when you have Severe. I think Severe is best coming off the bench, um, to be honest. And I would go Case and Wallace, Reeves, and Frederick, two shooters, with then Toppin and Oscar. Because then I think you got three guys that can make shots on the perimeter because Toppin and Oscar can't really shoot it. Like, as much as Oscar wants to show he can, which he tried today.
3: yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: That's not where he's you want him. him. You
3: want him down there doing work. Yeah, he, I mean, he—he's Oscar's kind of the heartbeat of the team, everybody kind of follows his lead. Um, yes. You know, if you look at the Kentucky schedule, you know, it seems like they're trending upwards. They also have some tests coming up with UCLA um, coming up. They have—they have to play Alabama. You know, so Missouri's at Missouri is not a fun place to play. So they're—they're going to have—they're going to be battle tested, and, and like I said, I think they're trending up. And today kind of showed the kind of balance that they have. Um, I think. I think. They, listen,
2: I have confidence. Kentucky can still get to Houston and be a Final Four team. Like I, I really do. I, in fact, I would put them. If you're asking me, and I think, Fanny, you may ask us later in the in yes. the show. I haven't thought long about it, but I would put Kentucky as one of my Final Four teams. I like how they're constructed. Yes, John Calipari is the X's and O's guy. Scares the hell out of me because I still believe if Kendall Marshall had not gotten hurt, John Henson, if he had not hurt his wrist, John Calipari still would not have a national title today.
3: So, so when I was looking up Carolina stats today, side note, right? I was looking at all the stats from my year 08, 09, and I called Harrison Barnes and Kendall Marshall. I said, I'm I'm doing the show tonight. I'm sick to my stomach, guys. They're like, why are you sick? (laughs) I said, I I looked up all the analytics and the stats and we align directly with the 08-019. I, I mean, really? literally, directly from points per game to top really? five in these categories. And so I said, you know <laughs> what they did. I said, you know what they did. So I was I, I literally was sitting around just like, oh man, how oh, it hurts. But we that's have best, a, best life.
1: We have right? a YouTube comment in from a man named Will Coates. Mm-hmm. Will Coates says, I Henson. Ask Zeller if he recalls the name Austin Rivers in the Dean Dome.
3: Oh that's, that's a soft spot because I'm gonna tell you a funny story on that one, too. We're in the we're in the huddle, right? Z, they're gonna run this play, they're gonna switch. They're gonna switch. They're you, gonna run a play, you're gonna switch on Austin. Don't let him shoot a three. That's it. Don't let him shoot a three. Hey, hold on, guys. I know, right? As soon as I left his hand, I, I'm look. I see the flight of the ball. I knew it was going in. I knew it was going in. Um, so, it is what it is. And, and then on top of the – with the Cal championship discussion, you know what Anthony Davis told me and De'Ron Lennon? They said, when you guys got eliminated, we knew we had won it. When yeah. You were the only team wow. that, that we were kind of worried about. He said, after you guys were done, we knew we had it.
2: Well, that game – that game in Lexington was so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was such a good game. Like, you against AD – that was such a great ma- – like, that's a matchup. That was a game I'll never forget, and I wanted to see it again. Everybody wanted to see that game again. And then again, when Kendall got hurt, I knew you guys were done. I knew you couldn't get there.
1: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, uh, let's transition here. We're at 935, and our, our YouTube chat's active. I'm trying to follow the chat and what they're saying here. And we have a lot of people who are pushing and pushing for us to say something about Purdue. The Boilers moved to 8-0. They beat Minnesota 89-70. to Not surprising to see Purdue win that game. But how about the fact that one Zachary Eady had 31 points and 22 rebounds? Jeff, your reaction?
2: I'm not surprised. I mean, honestly, and I, I mean this with all sincerity, um, he might have put 20 and, and 15 on John Henson. That's, that's how big and dominant he is. And if he gets the ball in there, and that's the key, right? The key is him now playing 30 minutes a game and you getting him the ball where he needs it. And I don't know what you would have done with him, John. Honestly, I don't know. Like, what did you
3: weigh? I, I See, the thing was, he would have probably been guarding right? Right. Because right. so he was bigger. D, you know, he was stronger. It, 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 it was stronger. But it it would have been tough. I mean, he had 31 and 22. <laughs> um. He's 7'4". Those are those sick numbers. Like, I, I can't even – like, in, college, in a college basketball game, to put up those numbers are – you know, and, they, and they're upticking his minutes. And so he's got to be thrusting himself into the player of the year conversation with how he's playing. Oh,
1: and he and would like, be it right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so – and Purdue's playing well. So I, I love – like I said, I'm a big guy home. I love him. I don't know what I would have done with the kid. Uh, we probably would have had a dig down, double maybe. We probably would have, you know what we would have done though? We would have ran him to death. That's what we had. Yes. That's how we would have changed the game yes. for him. That's what yes. we used to do with bigs. We say, hey, look, Z, I'm bored. You take off. And, and, oh. and so that's how we got those big guys that kind of were tough down there. And about the, the second half, middle, midway through the second half, we would have had him laboring. We would have had to go sit down. We might have had a cramp or two.
2: The, the amazing thing, I sat down with Zach Eady for a while in Portland. And, you know, the amazing thing is, this is a kid who didn't grow up playing basketball. So he said, He's like, he was ranked like the 450th best player, you know, like in the rankings, he wasn't even on the board. He was like in the 400s coming out and everybody told him how bad he was. And he gets to campus and he's from Canada. So it's pandemic year. So he said, he gained like 30 or 40 pounds,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. gets to campus starts in practice. And he said, I'm awful. Can't catch the ball. I can't run. I can't do anything. I suck. And Matt Painter keeps telling the guys, "Keep feeding them the ball, keep feeding them the ball." Like Painter knew what he could be down the road, and he has just bought in and he didn't complain. The beauty of Zach Eadie was last year, Henson he was better than Trevion Williams. Okay, they were two bigs who couldn't play together, but he was clearly better in kicking his ass in practice. Painter knew they couldn't play together, so he literally split. 40 minutes down the middle for the most part. And a lot of times Trevion was better at the end of games because he could really score. Yeah. So Zach Eadie never complained once, not once all of last year. He has just stayed the course. And like, it's such a beautiful story in a way of a kid that like still to this day says like, I probably could have bitched and moaned and complained. Like he can't get NIL because he's from Canada. Yeah. So He's like, you know, I could be upset about it, but I'm just, I'm just happy and thankful that Matt Painter and Purdue gave me an opportunity.
3: Yeah, that's a credit to to Coach Painter and his staff, and just the the culture that he's built over there. Um, Purdue's always in the conversation, no matter what. They they're always somewhat, you know, competitive. Um, and with him, you know, you know, coming essentially having his coming out party this year. They're forced to be reckoned with, um, and so I'm excited to see what he does. I, I love the way he plays. I love, I love, I, I love it, man. He's 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 the guy over there, man. So I'm happy for him. You know, I didn't even know his background story, which makes me even more more of a fan of his. And uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, man, and, and not be too banged up, man, they're they're going to be a problem down the stretch.
1: William asks a great question, John. Yeah. On our YouTube chat, which feel free subscribe. Chat, join us here. Feel the sixty-eight after dark. Sponsored by Bet Rivers. Feel the 68.shop. Check it out. Check out our merchandise. We got a bunch of fun stuff. William asks, ask Kenson how he would guard Edie from a coaching perspective. If you're drawing up a scout for Edie, how would you guard him? It's a great question. Uh,
3: we got a front. Got a front of him. Meet him. Meet him at the free throw line. Make him work to get down there. And we got a front of him. And we just got to play off the front. See how see how see how he's feeling tonight. We'll maybe do a, you know, maybe a dig down, maybe make him think a little bit, and and if he's feeling it, we double and we and we play out of that. And uh, that's probably the best you can do. Um, you're gonna have to be cohesive, cohesive defensively with him. It, a team that is not together defensively will not beat them, especially if they need to the help. So. Yeah, beat him at the free throw line, stay physical with him, front him on the catch, no. Pat- you know,
1: Patrick Young, Patrick Young said on this show last night, you can't front eating.
3: Yeah, so I, you know that's something that, you know, I I guess you could say that because if you're not if you don't have the proper size, they still could go over the over the top. <laughs> but, so the
1: answer is you you just pray? Well, you we,
3: we, gotta, we gotta we gotta do something, right? Like I don't think you just let him catch down there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Maybe do the out of UVA plays. Immediate double down, but that puts your defense in a bind. So I'd have to watch some more film. Come back to me on that one.
1: (laughs) Okay. good, Very good question. Hey, momentarily, folks, we have Bobby Hurley, the head coach of Arizona State, coming on. How about the Sun Devils? Eight and one on the year after a win over Stanford. Let's stay right there, Jeff Goodman. Uh, How surprising is this? Arizona State's won eight of their first nine games.
2: Yeah, it, it is surprising, uh, but when I talked to Bobby Hurley before the year, like he went portaling uh, like everybody did, not named Tom Izzo, and uh, and he got lucky in, in a sense because he was able to get a high-level point guard in Frankie Collins. Now, uh, they won tonight with Frankie. They won uh, the other night um, against Colorado without Frankie Collins. He was hurt, but he came back tonight and played against Stanford but it was kind of Michigan's loss there, right? You know, a big thing last year. They brought in another uh, transfer, uh, this, you know, in the offseason, Jalen Llewellyn from the Ivy League. And I think Frankie Collins took it personally and just said, like, the hell with it. I'm out of here. I didn't play much last year anyway as a freshman. I'm going to try somewhere different. He goes to Arizona State. Arizona State also gets the Cambridge brothers, uh, one being a really good offensive player, the other being a really good defender. And And listen, you need some luck. Yeah. Who who got luck in the portal last year, the last two years, more than anybody, John Fanta, the Providence, Providence. Friars, right. the Providence Friars got some luck and look at what it did for them. It can, things can change one way or the other quickly.
1: Yes. And what the portal does, John Henson, is it gives the quote middle tier program that you don't think of as potential. They could win multiple tournament games, a shot, yeah. a shot yeah. to do so there's, Folks, it's not a coincidence that Providence crushed the transfer portal and came out of nowhere to go to the program's first Sweet 16 in a quarter century. The portal had everything to do with that. But yeah. as much as you can hit on the portal, Henson, you could miss on the portal too.
3: Yeah, um, you know, that's like I said, that's something new to me, the portal. I actually, you know, before the season, I kind of looked, I literally text Jeff. I said, Jeff, this is like NBA free HCO steroids. Um, just all these guys coming in and out. Even with last year, when you think about the team, I mean Kansas, right? Like Remy Martin gave them a, a much needed kind of boost, yep. right? Kind of as a as a as coming in. So, yeah, the portal game is is changing, and, and I'm I'm excited to see where this goes because, like you know, like it's it's it's, it's mind blowing to me sometimes. Because like you know, you go to college, right? To go to college, right? You want to you go to school, yes. you go to to be a part of a of a city of a program. Now guys are like, all right, well, that was fun. Let me go ahead and just, you know, so
1: it's, it's interesting. The portal has variants, Jeff. Like, like it, it does as much as, and yeah. in this case, you got to catch some luck because let's face it with COVID and everything in between the last couple of years, some of these guys who have stayed around in college, you don't know if they're on their third school because frankly, they're a losing player or they're on their third school because they, covid impacted their comfort level at a campus they wanted to get out of there because all they saw was the wall of their dorm room for a year and a half
2: yeah like i said it's it's kind of a crapshoot to some degree you could you, you want to do as much research as you can uh you hope other coaches you know them well enough that they can be transparent with you sometimes you know getting a guy in a second or third stop can help because you kind of have them right like you know first time Maybe, maybe you don't uh they don't buy in quite as much, but after missing on on you know your first stop, you're you're a little more focused. Uh but yeah, I, I think again Frankie Collins was the big one for Arizona State. That was the point guard. That's the best point guard that Bobby Hurley's had. I also think here's here's my other take with Bobby Hurley. Bobby Hurley got two big time top 25 fish recruits. Josh Christopher, he left after a year. He's a Fringe player in the NBA right now, I think. Uh, Maybe he's playing minutes for a bad team, but uh, and Marcus Bagley, Marvin Bagley's brother, uh, who just hasn't been healthy and it hasn't really worked out. And now he's too busy tweeting instead of playing. Uh, But I think (laughs) here's the thing with Bobby Hurley. Sometimes you understand what players work for you, sometimes certain coaches can't coach those top 25 players they just can't like it doesn't work as well they need the the, the lunch pail guys that are going to play hard that aren't going to be prima donnas you know john like you had some guys at carolina that that were i don't want to say prima donnas but like like even harrison need to grow up he needed to grow up he came in as the number one player and it took him time he thought he was going to be gone in a year and it took him time
3: yeah um you know, I remember specifically. I'll never forget it. We played Marquette in a tournament, and Marquette goes, you know, we we uh, we're over here, you know, eating McDonald's, and they're over there eating steak and eggs. Man, we're motivated, right? Yep. Yep. And we ended up beating them by 30 because we really felt some type of way about that. I hope no one ever says that to the wrong team again. And. Like I said, Marquette was that—that that was the type of makeup that that team had. That the coach that they that they needed that was made them successful. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, you know, in reference to to Arizona State, you know, hey, those guys are the portal guys. They they play hard. They play together, and they're getting the same results as a as a as a coach that's got a bunch of, you know, you would say five star guys, maybe kind of guys that are used to having certain comforts and things like that. Um, so yeah, there's there's different strokes for different folks. And I think that's kind of understated in this game, you know, in college basketball as well. Because you, know be about- you, th- you know who I thought of, Jeff. You know who
1: I, you know I just thought of. That that is the epitome of that of a guy who just fits better with the lunch pal type of players. Might not be able to win over the best of the best, although he did earlier this week against a- Mike Anderson, a very- John Fanna, Mike Anderson. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. No, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. I was going to say Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart fits better at Marquette than he yeah. does at Texas. At Texas, he just it does. There's. I was down in Austin this past week, and I I asked some people around Texas about Shaka yeah. Smart, and they said, "Great guy, not a bad thing to say about him." It just didn't work.
2: Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. you got to understand that you're 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 better served. You're, you're a coach who's just better equipped to coach those fifty to hundred kids. Mike White was like that at Florida a little bit. Mike White got some, some you know, top 25 kids, top 50 kids. He hadn't been used to it um, from coaching at Louisiana Tech or even really as an assistant coach. And I remember him telling me a couple of years ago down in Charleston, he was like, this is a major adjustment for me coaching these kids and all the, the stuff that comes around them, not just the, the the kid, but the entourage around the kid, whether it's the AU coach, whether it's the parents, like I've always said, like, Duke parents are an entity to them, unto themselves. They really are. Like, they are elite level in terms of, like, you know, like, they're different. They're different. A little pushy. A little pushy. I, I can see that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, like, yeah. K knew how to handle it. Shire is going to be interesting to see how he handles it now because he's sitting some of these, you know, Derek Whitehead, Derek Lively. At some point, he's going to have to play them at the end of the game, probably by conference play or else he's going to feel some heat from some of these parents. What do you got, Fanta?
1: All right, we're, we're at 949, so we, we're we going to accelerate here because there's a bunch of other stuff that happened today. Yeah, We do have commenters, though. Okay. Uh, first, Andre says this, John, your immediate reaction. To be fair to Harrison, though, he needed the way Marshall played to be successful. Had Roy not made the switch from Drew, he would have never elevated to what he did.
3: I I mean, I would say I wouldn't have elevated. I I don't think we would have elevated as a team without that switch. Um, My my efficiency points per game went up. Harrison started playing a lot better. Z started like it it was a whole transition, Um, and and that was a change that Roy did not want to make. And that's actually something we're actually talking about it. The parents, right? Like you know, because as a college coach, you have to think about if I sit this guy and I told his mom that he's you know my guy, right? Now I got to answer to this, and so. It was a tough decision. with sitting, you know, Larry, who's still a close friend of mine. Um, but it needed to be done, um, and it, it, it helped. It helped the program as a whole. And uh, you know, it, it was, that was that was that was crazy because you know, Coach Williams does not like transfer. He doesn't. He 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 feels really away when you want to transfer. You're feeling like you want to transfer. So, you know, that that was a tough decision for him to make. Uh, I know internally, seriously tough decision.
1: Henson. Mm-hmm. Would you split a hundred bucks with me mm-hmm. to, to get special access to Goodman's All Parents All Time Team? Oh my God, I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't I would listen,
3: I, listen, I would love that because I had an AAU program and these were kids in like ninth, tenth grade, and <laughs> you know, I actually had to kind of like take a step back a little bit because we win a tournament, Jeff. <laughs> we win a tournament, yeah. and I'm walking out. I'm celebrating. I'm like, yeah, hey! and I'm like, why is everybody upset? Just
1: it's and,
2: amazing, and right?
3: Yeah, right. the kids are mad. The parents are mad. I looked, So my boy was coaching. I said, oh, I said, time out. I said, what's going on here? He's like, man, I've been with this all year. So I can't imagine it at the next level, you know, especially with college. And obviously me being at Carolina, um, you know, there was things going on there as well as every program with parents and playing time. But I think that's just part of the job. It's part of a college job. You know, you, you, got, those, you got those parents' babies, and, and they're going to fight for them, you know? Yep.
1: I think we've got Bobby Hurley. I think we've got Bobby Hurley from his vehicle right now coming off of Arizona State beating Stanford 68-64. to Sun Devils are 8-1 and on the year. Bobby, are you with us?
4: I am. Can you hear me,
2: guys? We got you. We we can't see you, but that that may be okay. You're in the car driving home. Um, You're just calling in. If you want to put the video on, you certainly can.
4: Let me see if Uh, I can. I'm not good with technology. So yeah, on. well, we know you, Hurleys.
2: You got to be better than your brother, at least.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: me now. Don't we, don't, we don't. We see don't see yet, me. but we could jump right in with
4: you. Oh, no, there you are, Coach.
2: There he is. Look well, at the tie and all. You, you have Why do you
4: have a North Carolina jersey on? I'm out. I'm, I'm getting off this call because I'm
2: in with John Henson, and I'm 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 trying to see if we can rise the the Tar Heels from the dead. They've lost four straight, so I'm trying to help Henson get through this right now. They're, they're He's
1: they're trolling the coach.
2: I am trolling him. I'm trolling Bobby, Hanson. That's Bobby, the only have, reason.
1: Bobby on that note, since he wore a, a you know, a, an effing North Carolina shirt for your, for an interview with you, do you have a Goodman story you can tell on the air?
4: Hey, what about, what
1: about dinner?
2: Dinner last year when I come out, remember I, I, we we went out for dinner at your your club and you I think you won the next night. Was that last year?
4: I believe so. I think it was UCLA in three overtimes,
2: right? Yeah. Did you beat them or did you just hung with them?
4: No, we beat them in three overtimes last year. Right. Last year. I think so we night luck. That. Yeah. That's something for an Arizona guy to do that for Arizona. Right. State. Think about I that.
2: Appreciate that. We we shouldn't we shouldn't be talking about this publicly.
1: Well, let's talk about your team. 68-64 win over Stanford tonight. Bobby, you're 8-1 on the year, and congratulations on the start to the season. Why has this team achieved success?
4: Uh, We're guarding at an elite level. You know, all our metrics say that we're one of the best defensive teams in the country, and, you know, our activity, uh, our deflections, uh, you know, we're able to speed Stanford up some tonight, especially early in the game and we have presence around the basket. You know, Warren Washington has been really good. We got, you know, so that end of the floor, we've been elite. You know, we're still a little bit of a work in progress on offense. And uh, hopefully we continue to improve at that end of the floor. But uh, there's an incredible uh, will to win that we have right now and connectivity as a group. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to coach these guys.
2: So you you are uh, now eight and one. Your brother is undefeated and I have them ranked number five in the country. So the Hurleys are rolling right now. But I once got a quote from a member of the Hurley family and it went like this, Bobby. It it went like this. If they win, um, if they lose, they're miserable. If they win, they're
4: still miserable. Are you miserable right now or do you guys feel pretty good? I mean, after at the press conference, I mean, even in the locker room, I had to say, hey, look, fellas, you know, not every game is going to be like Michigan, you know, or, you know, uh, the Colorado win when you win at the last second, it was kind of like a somber locker room. So I had to, like, energize groups, say, hey, we're playing a league game right now against a team that was desperate to win and needed to win. And, you know, we did what we had to do and we won a league game and. And now we're moving on. So I, I'm trying to to be more positive.
2: Are you writing on uh, uh, anything on your wrist like your brother
4: is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't even ask him about that. That was crazy because we all we we both have so many things that are happening. And once you see something, I looked at it. I was like, "Wow, okay." And then I, I never had a chance to talk to Dan about that.
2: So Hanson, you- what, what do you got for your your Duke comrade here?
3: Um, you know, I, I I was, I'm so. I'm gonna go with the, you know, you guys have an elite defensive unit metrically. So when you started the season, did you kind of just see that as, as, is that a philosophy of yours? You say, you know, what, look, like I'm looking at film, I'm watching guys. This is the, we can be elite defensively and we are going to be, or is that just something that is mandatory in how you kind of carry yourself or what your team to be?
4: Well, I mean, years ago I had, I had guard you started here and we could score in the 90s and we getting enough stops. So we kind of shifted gears a little bit to, you know, recruit to get more size around the basket and guys like Warren Washington and Alonzo Gaffney and Devin Cambridge and just an uh, in in elite core of, of perimeter defenders, too. Just great athleticism and length. And, you know, those things are, are, are paying dividends. And, uh, you know, we, we still have to improve, you know, at the offensive end to get to where we need to, where we want to go as a team, but, you know, we're heading in the right direction. It's a great feeling. You could go into every game knowing your defense is so solid that it's going to give you a chance to win.
2: I, uh, I
3: always have to tell people all the time because I was kind of a defensive guy by trade. It's my career essentially. And I say, listen, hey, look, I didn't make 300 million, but I made a pretty good living playing defense. So it's not a bad job. Yeah.
4: No doubt. I mean, and uh, you know, look, it's uh, again, you play that under the floor at a high level and uh, you got a chance to cut down nets. And right now, you know, we're winning and we're one rebound away from being undefeated and uh, you know, have regrets about that one game that that we let, you know, slip away, but just love the, uh, the will to win, the desire to win. This team has uh, especially, you know, for, for this week, you know, two pack 12 games yeah. to go on the road like Colorado and win and down 15 at halftime just shows you how much mental toughness uh, and and having a great locker room right now,
1: Bobby, speaking of that great locker room to have the Cambridge brothers to have Devin and Desmond, what's a story or something that you can share with us behind the curtain of what it's like having a pair of brothers on the
4: team. <laughs> Well, they're like so different, really. Like one, one brother is, is a freak athlete and, you know, a lob threat all the time and, and just all the intangibles and, you know, great teammate. And the other brother is, is, is Des is kind of nonstop chatter. You know, he'll hit a three and he'll be the guy to like, you know, shush the crowd and very animated, very talkative on the court. And, and, and clutch, but, you know, and more as a shot maker. So they're really different basketball players, but they've, they've brought so much uh, personality to our team.
2: So, Fana, the, the the best story that Bobby actually could tell is in 2015 when I'm at ESPN – I bounced around to like four different places uh, that first weekend. I always tried to do that. Right. I think that might've been my first, I don't know if it was my first year at ESPN. I'm not sure. But so I go in and Bobby's uh, at Buffalo and it's the second year and they're going to the NCAA tournament and uh, trying to think of what I can do with Bobby. We're going to do something fun, something different. What are we going to do? So we decide um, Bobby drinks, uh, at that point, Bobby, was it two one Red Bull before the game and one at halftime?
4: Yes, one, yes, one before one at halftime. Yes. So
2: we decide we're gonna <laughs> do this, we're gonna drink three Red Bulls before yeah. the game. I think Bobby drinks just one, but I'm drinking three. And and I go, I literally drink three Red Bulls, and I'm not a guy who drinks Red Bulls at all. And Bobby's cracking up because he knows what I'm in store for the next of the day. The, the rest of the day. I'm bouncing off walls like I'm 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 basically crashed on the couch in the lobby later that night. I'm so tired. Uh, but I think that was it for you. You didn't do Red Bulls again.
4: No, I've been banned by my wife. My wife Leslie has 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 ruled Red Bulls out of my life. So I've now had to shift to Diet Coke, which is acceptable in the, How many? In the early household.
2: Average, I, average No, I
4: don't I mean there's no telling how many over the course of game day.
2: <laughs> like, what's? I mean, I'll usually average about four a day. Uh, a diet coke.
4: Like today, I was in the gym at like seven, and, and I, I did my workout routine. Big water, and then after that, it's just it's straight diet coke the rest of the day. Like, you know, maybe like five six, or six. Seven. Five or five six. Or six. Five yeah. Stanford, yeah my record I think Stanford, hey look Stanford forced me to have at least one more tonight you know <laughs> that I wanted to have. Hey
2: that game got hey that game got pretty tight at the end there
4: Well yeah we didn't we didn't do a great job you know in the first half we had a little stretch of turnovers in the second half to start of the half we weren't great and uh our offense was turning into their offense so it was not great but uh yeah I Look, I'm, I'm. I feel terrific about this team. I think it has all kinds of NCAA tournament potential, and and you know we're just kind of getting started because we have some some new guys, like guys like Frankie Collins. That you know, and Frankie was sick and missed the Colorado game, and he was kind of winded through our game today and fought through it. But man, he makes us so much better because of his playmaking and playing both ends of the floor and getting guys shots.
2: Yeah, best point guard you've had so far, and. Uh hell of a start, Bobby. Uh, congrats. We will let you get going. Uh, we got to get going. I got to check Marcus Bagley's Twitter. So
4: uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. I'm going to miss it call there. All right. See you guys. See ya.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: All right. There he is, Bobby Hurley, head coach of the eight and one Arizona State Sun Devils fan. That's listen, what people don't realize about Arizona State. And I went to Arizona, so I can say this with conviction it is a brutal job. Nobody's been able to sustain success there in 40 or 50 years. In fact, I think Bobby was the first coach to take him in two straight tournaments in like 20 years. And he was, if, if the tournament wasn't scrapped, in the pandemic year, they were set to go a third year. And the last two had been brutal, absolutely brutal in the, in the bubble. They were really bad with Remy Martin last year. They were bad. And it looks like he's got them back on track this year.
1: Yeah. It's not an easy place to win. And, and it's not an easy conference to win if your name's not UCLA or Arizona or Oregon, even though Oregon's been down here as of late, um, they're not going to stay down forever. Uh, so for Arizona State, it's a great start to the year. They're one of the biggest surprises of the season. I mean, let's face it here. We have had – Henson, what are you smiling about?
3: The, 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 the Hurley, I'm just going to hang up the phone And right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, the Hurleys, if you want to be entertained, Henson, just hang out with one of the Hurleys. Pick either one yes. of them. If you get them both together, it's- in
1: other words, in other words, Henson Hurley did have a ten o'clock curfew. I mean,
3: listen, I, the, When he said it, his reaction was just like, like he was dead serious. Like,
2: serious. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to yeah, be was- careful with the Hurleys. Once I was on SportsCenter, Center, <laughs> and and the um, and this is early on, and the 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 host was a guy named Matt Barry. He's still there. He went to Arizona State. Yeah. This is when Arizona State was really bad the first year or two. And I was ripping on that Barry because, again, I'm an Arizona guy. Arizona, I think, was really good that year. And I killed him. Well, I get I get a call from one of Hurley's assistants saying, hey, Bobby's pissed, man. He heard about it. He is pissed that you killed Arizona State. So I had to call him and be like, Bobby, come on, man. I was just joking with an Arizona State guy on there.
1: <laughs> well. That was good, yeah, right. Uh that was great. And we thank Bobby Hurley for taking the time from his car. <laughs> you go. Defend your heels. All right, we have it's 10:04 so we we are late. We're late. A lot of other things happen. Should we stay on for five more minutes here? Yeah, Guess yeah, let's I'm let's
2: knock out a couple. We,
1: okay? Tonight, All right. We're going to get, we're gonna get you, you toast tonight. I got to ask else? you about this. A top 10 team fell today and right. fell at home. I mean, Creighton loses to Nebraska, when these teams woke up this morning, Nebraska was one and nine. One and nine in their last 10 meetings with the Creighton Blue Jays. Today, though, was the Huskers day. Sam Greasel, who grew up in Lincoln, helps yeah. Nebraska beat Creighton 63 to 53. Creighton only scores 53 points. They shot 10 of 40 from beyond the arc. How concerning is this for the Creighton Blue Jays, who have lost three in a row. Yeah, um,
2: go go ahead. Ahead.
4: yeah, go ahead
1: no all right, all right.
2: I'll start I'll start you can pick up you can. I, I think we're both concerned and how can you not be because you can't lose at home it's one of the better home court advantages you can't lose at home to your I don't even want to call them an in-state rival because like there's no rivalry there and there hasn't been a rivalry there in a while in basketball right like Creighton has dominated um and and it's they came in, I think I had them ranked preseason like number three this year. You know, they had everybody coming back. They got a team that fits together pretty well. They add Baylor Shireman, one of the best transfers. They got multiple point guards. They got a really good defensive big man. And they get punked at home by Nebraska. Nebraska. Like, what the hell is going on here? Fred Hoiberg is fighting for his job. I give him credit. Again, another guy that threw the portal is going to be able to just like maybe reinvent their team and, and have a chance this year. But to me, it says a whole lot more about Creighton and the fact that maybe we anointed them with something based on what they did in the NCAA tournament last year without key pieces, right? Without an M without Kalk Brenner, they almost beat Kansas. They did a hell of a job. We know how good a coach McDermott is, but man, they got to get tougher. Well, uh. Uh,
1: so he actually, I'm going to counter it. Yeah. And, That's the art of this show. We could disagree with each other. So I actually think that Creighton has a level of toughness to them. Some of the finesse. They didn't
2: defensively at the end of the game. They didn't defensively.
1: But but here's what I'll say. In, In previous times, the strength of Creighton was that they could just outscore you, that their best defense was actually their offense. Right now, that's not the case. They did not get good looks against Texas. I think the residual effects of playing Texas now happened in this game because they got in their own heads. Guys, Arthur Kaluma is not right right now. I mean, he goes for two points, zero for eight from the field in this one. Ryan Nemhard three for thirteen. Trey Alexander three for twelve. You mean to tell me Nemhard and Alexander went a combined six for twenty-five on their home court against Nebraska? That team for whatever reason right now, offensively, I'm not as concerned with who they are on the defensive end of the floor. I actually think this is one of the more willing Creighton teams to defend. On the offensive end of the floor, they are off right now. They're off. They're taking too many shots that are just not good shots. That's not Creighton basketball. They're going to – I think they'll right the ship. But I do that's too. not who they are. That's but, you them. know
2: what the good thing is? They, they could get some depth now. If I'm McDermott, I look at it differently. All right, these guys aren't playing the way I, I want them to play. I'm going to play some of the, I'm going to play Mike Miller's kid a little bit. I'm going to play King Moore. you got to figure it out. you got to get some depth now. So you get seven or eight strong.
3: I, I'm going to counter everything and say, this is what we call an NBA scheduled loss. They got two a tough loss in Texas. They've been traveling tough loss against Arizona. Yes. They're home. Like I, I think this was just kind of an off game uh, for them. Um, I think they'll be better. They might have been looking ahead as well. You know, they got Arizona State coming up. Uh, you know, BYU is not a slouch either. got Marquette. So I, I think they overlooked these guys. And I think Nebraska, you know, had that Shireman snub energy, and 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 that was a perfect storm for them. Um, and so yeah, I, I think just looking at their schedule to travel, those 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 emotional big time games they played, in, this is just a hey, this is one of them games where. They, they, they just didn't have it, man. They, they, they were finally back home, and, and you know, we got to factor in. That's another thing I was kind of – I was going to touch on earlier, all this traveling. Have we seen teams traveling? Like with North Carolina flying to Portland, Indiana staying every three – I mean, like, that. hey, welcome to the league, guys. Like, that's, that's, that's how hey, it works. Hey, they're getting
2: paid. They're getting paid NIL. They might as well get used to it, right?
3: Hey, and the thing that's different between the NBA and what – what college is is we not have we don't have to work for study hall. We don't have to we wake up and watch film I mean, and you, you, yes. went to, you went to study hall, yeah There's study hall. There's you study, went to listen. class? Yeah, went to class. I heard hall. of Carolina. Hey. I heard of Carolina. You didn't have to go to class. That that's what people told me. Yeah, well, I, maybe West Carolina, East Carolina, but not the Carolina. So you know, but um uh, <laughs> the the travel too is something that I think matters this year like Gonzaga running around all over the country, like that, that matters. You know what I mean? So I think this is just a one-off game. They played. you know, uh, Colombo, he, he's been scaring me. He's kind of been turning the ball over. He's Not forcing right. it. Another issue of an NBA, NBA guy could have left. French NBA has got an NBA game. He's on the radar. Exactly. All the NFL guys Right? So, like, that's a, I think that's a factor. I mean, he's pressing, man. He's got to just kind of let the game come to him and, and go from there.
1: Now, wait a minute. Who's going to win the Big East?
2: Uh, I guess you'd say UConn today. Yeah, UConn is rolling. I guess you'd say UConn. I I like UConn now watching them (laughs) in Portland. Here's what I like about them. We knew what we were going to get with Sonogo, And like Jordan Hawkins is still trying to figure it out, right, how to be a guy, a consistent guy. I love their other – Donovan Klingon. He is a beast, an absolute beast. It showed that if Sonogo gets in foul trouble, they're good. They're good. Caravan awesome piece uh, they they just got a lot of good players that fit they're not going to overwhelm you overwhelm you with pros but again they got a potential Big East player of the year and Hawkins is a potential first round pick so they got enough and and they got guys that are buying in and I, I do think the other Hurley Danny has calmed down a little bit like in Portland I've never seen him that calm ever
1: you know why because he knows he's got a team that's good enough that if he lets them play, they're going to win.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's run. it.
1: This fits Hurley, this team, meaning he doesn't have to rely on two or three guys to win him the game. And that makes you really dangerous. When one of those guys is an all American candidate in Adam Snogo. And another one of those guys is a guy who's going to hear his name called in Brooklyn next June and Jordan Hawkins. Like you said, Jeff, I think there's something to be said about Alex Caravan and Donovan Klingon. If you, if you talk with those guys or if you watch them play, do they look like freshmen at all?
2: No, I, I actually talked to both of them in the preseason and talked to Klingon again in Portland. And I was just blown away. And Klingon was a guy who who had like a rep of being lazy and being out of shape and, and, and a little heavy. And he got in great shape before the start of the season. And he looks anything but lazy. I know he played at like, you know bristol whatever high school in connecticut so he could be lazy and still dominate but man he is every bit of 7 feet probably 260, 60 250 whatever he is now but man he, he was he was awesome in in uh in portland when they needed him
1: all right we got one more game to talk about here and then we're going to do the toasts yeah today marked the 100th game of mike anderson's tenure with st john's this was a critical game for a previously unbeaten St. John's team that went to Ames and lost to Iowa state. Now, granted in Hilton Coliseum, the Cyclones have now won their last 16 non-conference games, 71 to 60. John Henson, I'm going to start with you before I pitch the question to to Dr. Goodman. You seem to be high on Iowa state. Why is that? Yeah,
3: You know, I, I, I had them beating the Tar Heels. Um, um, And so I I always was high on them before tonight, but they're a fun team to watch Uh, being, you know, playing professionally, they move the ball, they share, they get after you defensively, they shoot the ball. They've got some good size down there. I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're kind of going to be a surprise team and they'll be there at the end. Um, Not, you know, end of the season, not saying they're going to be a sweet 16 team, but they're going to be competitive. It's going to be hard to beat them guys this year and, I just love. I literally loved how they played. That. I think mean, there's one possession where they pass to the big touch pass back corner, touch pass back to the three tray ball like that. You're not gonna lose too many games play like that. I don't care if it's. I don't care who it is, you know. So it, it was fun to watch them jump on the Saint John's. They jumped on them early, got up big, and just kind of cruised uh, through the rest of the game, wire to wire.
1: Jeff, I will ask you this question: 100 games into Mike Anderson's tenure in Queens, what grade would you assess?
2: C-minus, probably, somewhere around there. I mean, you know what I thought of the hire when when they hired him. I thought it was a terrible hire. Didn't make sense. Just it it wasn't logical to me that you're going to hire a guy that didn't know, couldn't name three out of the five boroughs uh, to coach uh, St. John's at that point. And uh, it's true. He couldn't. He couldn't. And we're talking about year four at this point. He plays such a weak non-conference schedule that it doesn't, they only have a bullet or two. You know, you look at who they played so far. Okay, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you some numbers. Uh Merrimack, 345, in Kempong, Lafayette, 290, Central Connecticut State, 341, Niagara, 245, LIU Brooklyn, 350. The three teams they played are probably all high majors, are all low, like not NCAA tournament high majors, Nebraska, Temple, and Syracuse. They're all in the 80 to 100 range. So they, they got this one game against Iowa State, which everybody didn't think Iowa State was going to be any good, by the way. They're, they're fortunate that they are. So even a loss isn't going to hurt them here. But basically, they're going to go through their entire non-conference schedule without playing anybody worth you know, a, an NCAA tournament bid, except for maybe Iowa State, and they don't beat them. Uh, I, I think you you put yourself in such a hole that way that you have to finish, to me, in the top this year, probably four in the Big East, which they could do. It's not unthinkable that they could do it. I, I just, again, Chris Mullen got to a first four. Chris Mullen, and he was run out of town. He was horrible at St. John's. We know that. He was terrible. Elite player, just like Patrick Ewing, terrible coach. Just because you're a great player does not mean... You're going to be a very good coach. And Fanta knows what I think of the former NBA players who have a hundred yes. billion in the bank. Usually <laughs> they just they don't know how to grind it well enough in college to win at the highest level to rebuild the program.
1: Do you want a it stat is, here? Just... Wait, you want a stat, guys? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not one for throwing out numbers that are just meaningless and and don't have feel. Uh this this I think has a level of feel. Listen closely, folks. Okay. In the month of November since 2019, the St. John's Red Storm are 22 and 3. In December through March, the program is now 36 and 39 since 2019.
2: The mediocre, and they don't play anybody in November. So those wins are like empty wins. They don't count for anything. They don't help you. Go out. You've got a team right now. You have David Jones. You got him from DePaul. You got Curbelo. Go out, and and you're still scheduling at that point. I don't want to hear that your schedule's done by the point that the the port. You're scheduling still when you're working the portal. So you could have added a game or two against good teams, and you didn't. And now you know what? It probably is going to bite you in the ass unless you finish in the top three or four.
1: Where do they – where do they rank as a program overall? Like you were talking about Georgetown last week, like where does St. Like, and Henson, I'd be curious to hear from you, St. John's, New York city. Like where do they rank in
3: 2022? Um, you know, they have like as far as the program is what I would think as a as a whole or just their team your this
2: perception. Year? No, you're your my perception, perception of their program is it's yeah. like a top 50-ish program in the country.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a top fifties program, but with St. John's, I think when they were at their best, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, they had New York kids and Philly kids and kids that were from that cloth that you know. Cause I'm be honest, I'm from Tampa, Florida. I'm not going to live in Queens. I'm just not. I'm just not feeling that right. Like just not doing that. So um, you got to get guys that are around the area and that want to play for you know St. John's is a big in in the basketball world. That is a, going to St. John's is no slouch. That's a historical school. People know who you are. And New York City is one of them cities where I treat it as like, man, if you're a college kid and you're rolling and you're playing well, you will be known there, and it's going to be a fun time. So. I think they have the piece. That, they're top fifty, but they got to go. The recruiting has to be specific, regional. Certain type of player, as we talked about, that's going to come in and, and kind of treat that school as their city, as, as their pride, as you know. And so it, it's tough because New York basketball isn't where it used to be, you know.
1: Interesting stuff. All right, it's time for three toasts. I see Hanson with a glass of red.
3: Yeah, I got a little glass of red, man. Lead little, us little off. Dark.
1: Lead us off.
3: I'm going Justin Mutz, 27, 11, and four. At one point in the second half, he had scored more than the whole t- entire Carolina team. He, was, <laughs> he, hit a, he hit a three today. He was driving, right hook, spin left. I mean, they could do nothing with him, and he kind of buoyed them as Carolina made their run and um, led them to the win. And I, I, I love the way he played today. He 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 looked good. Um, toast to Justin Mutz, man. There
2: you go, Justin Mutz.
1: Toast to Justin Mutz. All right, Jeffrey, you're up second. Where I mean, you, you gotta
2: go, Sam Grizzell, gotta do it, right? I mean, in stay, he, he beats Creighton, he's from uh the Lincoln area, comes back home 18, 12, and seven, and he beats Creighton. And the interesting part is, think about it, they got him. At Nebraska, Nebraska missed out on who Baylor Shireman, who ended up going to Creighton instead, um, and 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 Nebraska wins this one in one of I think we'll look back early, uh, you know, in a month, two months, three months, and say this was one of the most shocking, the biggest upsets because you just don't like it'd be one thing if Creighton lost at Nebraska. Creighton's not losing too many of these games at home. Period especially to a, a a you know a bottom feeder like nebraska. And, and that's a good win by the way for the Big 10. That's a huge win and for the Big East that is I may start calling them the Big Least, John, um because the league right now Villanova struggling. Yeah. yeah. Right now Creighton struggling. The bottom yeah. of the league is still I mean Georgetown's atrocious. We know that. Yeah. The sure, league so. is not what it has been the last few years right now.
1: Right. now I mean, that book,
3: that... go ahead. No, no, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the biggest is, is struggling. Yeah. Um, the UConn's got to put them on the back, <laughs> put, put right. the league on the back, um, which they seem to be ready to do. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's not a lot of parody in that conference and uh, things have got to kind of pick up a little bit um, because, the biggies that I knew was the toughest conference in the land. Right. Yes. Like back in those days, man, hey. you know, even like I don't think about everything about USF. Like, man, I remember when I was in high school, you know, they were good with Dominique Jones and those guys. And I remember like walking on the street and seeing like them riding down the street with the new challenger. And I'm like, wow. Like that was the big East. Like USF was rolling. Like, so, um, Stan, he kind of you have to cut that off and see what it is now. And, uh, you know, it's it's a, mid, it's, a, it's a good conference, but it's not what we, what, we, what we want it to be. I don't think it ever will be again.
1: That old league stands in a class of its own. This reconfigure one has had success. This particular year has gotten off to uh, a start that's been inconsistent. You have four new head coaches. I think they all have swallowed early lumps. I think for the Big East, if Marquette had not beaten Baylor this past week, it it would have been really and that that was a huge win for Marquette. I now think differently of them. I think here's the way you look at it very quickly: UConn, Creighton, Xavier. Yep. Then from there, can you get to five? And in an eleven team bid, in an eleven team league, five they've averaged about five and a half to six, which mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much what you're going to do. Yep. So the question's going to be: Here's the question with this league, Marquette: Can they keep this up? I ex- I actually. I thought Marquette-Wisconsin yesterday was one of the best games of the season to date. Yeah. Uh, and then and then, what happens between Providence, who's not gotten off to a good start to the year, St. John's, it's a, Mike Anderson says the tournament's got to happen, but like you said, they haven't really scheduled like it. They, we'll see. Um, and then, you know, I won't write off Dab Mata quite yet uh, because I think Manny Bates is pretty talented, but I don't see it. I don't no, see maybe. it. So, so, so four uh, or five. But my three uh, – go ahead, agree. Jeff.
2: Yeah. I would agree I think Marquette and then you maybe yeah. get a fifth maybe. um but but again like if you're St John's and you finish fifth in the league and the committee looks at your non-conference, you're not getting in
1: probably probably not unless you've got wins over Creighton slash Yukon
2: right right you got to beat UConn. that that's it's kind of like Carolina right now when we're talking you know oh, they got Ohio State and Michigan well you gotta split those two because sure. if you go over two, then everything is riding on beating Virginia and Duke. Everything, like you have to split against both. Luckily, you're playing both. So you should get four shots at hey, Henson. Of them.
1: Henson, who's going to uh, win, uh, Carolina or Duke? Uh, uh,
3: the game? I mean, listen, I'm bet. I'll bet the I'll bet the house on Carolina at that game. I, I don't care what the what the statistics analytics say, but uh, I think even for Michigan and the North Carolina, I think this is a must. I mean. I like Michigan, they're trending up, North Carolina's trending down. I think that is a battle. That is going to be a battle. Big of, game. Big yeah, game. like season-altering season game because Carolina loses. Do you know here? And Michigan wins. Okay, now we're talking, right? So it's going to be interesting.
1: You know what's funny? And then we're getting out of here uh, for, for a reason of my toast. Like, I want to yeah. quickly – Carolina actually matches up pretty well with Duke.
2: They match up well against most teams. They just don't play well against all, uh, most teams, right? So now. they're
1: going to, but they're going to get up against Duke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. If, yeah, they're they're going to get up. Get up. I mean, All uh, right. My, I'm going to toast Trevor Valise. It's his birthday. That's right. Good one. Trevor. Very Trevor. Nice. Trevor yeah. Happy 21st, birthday.
2: 21st birthday, Trevor. 25th birthday. There it is. There Happy it is.
1: birthday to Trevor. Trevor worked two shows today. Our field of 12 college football playoff show. And how about it guys? The playoff is set Georgia, Ohio state in the one four game, Michigan, TCU, please folks check out at the field of 12. We've got analysis. We've got the, the college football playoff is set. We've got a ton of great programming there and we're back with you tomorrow, nine 11 Eastern. Time. We also,
2: we also are with you. The three of us, um, are with you Tuesday night? Yes, from Jimmy V in New York City with uh, Bobby Doster. I, I don't know. I like this little three. We got we got some chemistry here. Do we? Are we sure we want to add Doster?
1: Yes, for no other reason than we're than there's going to be a couple moments during the show where you two start arguing, and Henson, you and I can laugh. It'll be good. I'm yeah. telling you, Henson.
3: I'm excited to see Texas live, man. That's gonna be fun.
2: I'm excited to see you live, Henson. I haven't seen you in forever in person. Man,
3: I was at MSG last Wednesday watching the Knicks Bucks, man. So, I, hey, those are my stopping grounds, man. So, hey, I'm excited to see you guys. Let All me right, tell but... you
1: something. That does it for us here. Jimmy V Classic, we are there, Field of 68, Tuesday night, and you just said it, John. Illinois, Texas could be a ton of fun at the Garden. That gets followed by Iowa and Duke. And, folks, if you haven't seen Chris Murray in action yet this year, Get ready. That's as good. That's a really, really good double header on Tuesday night in New York city. What's
3: that? Oh, there
2: it is
1: (laughs) for Jeff and John Fanta signing off. Happy birthday, Trevor. We'll see you tomorrow night on field of 68 after dark.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium?